0: What's cracking? Big. Dogs. Welcome, bike, to the channel. Welcome, bike, to the headquarters. My name is Nicholas. And it's BDG. And we got to show the quarterbacks some love, man. We have been a, uh, a super flex channel for a hot minute now. A couple of years, three years, five years, 15 years. I don't know if I've ever fucking competed in a one quarterback league. Massive lie. I lie a lot on camera. You'll, you'll come to realize that very quickly. But I'm not going to lie today. I'm not going to lie today when I'm talking about the quarterbacks that you've got to be drafting in 2021, okay? This is quarterback, one quarterback leagues, two quarterback leagues, 14 quarterback leagues. These are the guys you need to be having on your roster. Here's the thing. Over the last few years, we've seen a little bit of a shift, right? The late round quarterback thing took hold of fantasy football and everybody faded quarterbacks until late, late, late in their drafts. However, we've seen uh, somewhat of a renaissance over the last few years where the top guys, The top dudes have started to make a difference. They've started to matter. Their value over replacement has started to matter. And it's because we're seeing a new breed of quarterback come into the league and take over and dominate. And this new breed is athlete first. Okay, it's like college where it's student first athlete, second bull fucking shit in the NFL. It's athlete first thrower second. Not completely true. Again, lie number two. We're only about a minute into the uh, into the video. But it's but it's making a difference. Right. It's it's almost where we saw PPR leagues start to take over fantasy football because it gave you a wider landscape of, 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 of players that mattered. Right. It's like, why would we go from standard to half PPR or full PPR? It's because it gives you uh, more options at the position. Right. It's not only just the pounders. Now we have guys who catch the ball out of the backfield and we open up a pool of new players. And it's the reason why Superflex is not only the future. It's not the future, it's the fucking current. If you're not playing Superflex leagues, I don't know what you're doing. It opens up, it makes the leagues 48 times more fun, more enjoyable. So tell your friends stop being fucking idiots and open up a second spot for the Superflex. don't like doing two quarterback leagues. I like doing Superflex leagues cuz sometimes the cookie don't crumble the right way. Sometimes it's over, it's overcooked and it's crunchy and it falls onto the floor and and you can't eat it, okay? I'm not sure where that fucking metaphor is going, but if you get two quarterbacks, you get two starting quarterbacks, one of them dies in the middle of the season, and uh, you're only playing in a two-quarterback league as opposed to a superflex league, then you're just taking a zero. You're just taking a fucking donut week in and week out, and typically, I like eating donuts week in and week out, but not in two-quarterback leagues. That's why you need to have a superflex league just in case shit goes awry, shit goes really, 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 really wrong. Go super flex over two quarterback. It makes the the entire league more enjoyable. There's more trade options. There's more players that matter. It makes, you know, you get better skill players later on in the draft. And it's more strategy to it, okay? So it's all the reasons why you should be doing a super flex. And when you're doing a super flex, I'm about to lay out all the reasons why you should be drafting these quarterbacks. So these are my must-own quarterbacks for the 2021 fantasy football season. I'm done yelling. Thus, we shall tuck our shirts in. I already told you I was done yelling, so so stop yelling on your side. Let's see. All right, so this ADP that we're going to work off of, this average draft position data, is per underdog fantasy. I will have a caveat here. Most of the time, when I'm asked what's the difference between best ball and redraft ADP, it doesn't really matter. For quarterbacks, it does, though. For quarterbacks, specifically for best ball, it will change things because you draft for upside at the quarterback position in best ball because you don't have to decide who to start ever. Okay, so that's the only problem with the with the ADP right now. For instance, we're going to talk about a guy named Trey Lance. You may or may not have heard of him. He's going off the board at quarterback 14 right now in underdog ADP that will not be his quarter that will not be his ADP in in regular home leagues that will not be his ADP in really sharp leagues and super flex leagues because he has not won the starting job yet so he will not be picked that high so we're just going to talk about these players in a general sense I will give you the ADP on underdog and then we'll kind of work off of that Patrick Mahomes is the number one he's not the number one on my list but he is the quarterback one going off the board and he deserves to be again he's got the offensive line of uh of an elite offensive line right now basically they revamped it they brought guys back and they're going to be as good as ever and he will have time to throw the ball which is dangerous and you have travis kelsey and you have tyree kill running a muck down the field so uh we're not talking about patrick mahomes not even sure why i brought him up but i'm excited about him quarterback one deservedly so the guy i'm really excited about and i think will battle again to be the quarterback one in fantasy football is a dude out in baltimore named lamar jackson currently going off the board as the qb And I think most of the rankings that you'll see this year will have him in the QB 5 to 6 range. And I'm going to say something I've said every fucking video this offseason. Lamar Jackson is one year removed. He is one year removed from leading the NFL in passing touchdowns. Yeah, someone was giving me shit on Twitter. How many times are you going to say it? I'm going to fucking say it for the same amount of times that the passing touchdowns he threw for. Two years ago, 35 passing touchdowns he threw for. So I'm going to say it 35 times. We've done it seven times already, 28 more coming at your fucking face holes. Lamar Jackson, we want to talk about how bad he is as a passer. He's inaccurate. He can't put up passing numbers. He led the NFL in passing touchdowns two years ago. And you know who his top weapons were? He had Mark Andrews. Behind Mark Andrews, he had a rookie Hollywood Brown with a screw in his foot. He had Hayden Hurst, and he had Willie Sneed, okay? So I don't want to hear no shit about Lamar Jackson can't throw the ball. He doesn't even need to be that good when the offense is that efficient. The pass catchers, man, they were so bad. I'm not making that up when I say that. Now, now you have prime Mark Andrews. You have third year Hollywood Brown, who now gets to operate as the secondary pass catcher. And you have Rashad, the God Bateman and whatever the fuck Sammy Watkins and Tylen Wallace mean to you. I like Tylen Wallace a lot. I don't know how much of an impact he's going to play this year, but the weapons are night and day. Lamar is giving you, straight up, Lamar is giving you a thousand rushing yard floor. That's what he's going to do as a starter in 16 games, okay? He will always give you a handful of week-winning weeks. Week-winning weeks. 35-plus fantasy points, okay? Last year was a weird year. He did not finish where we wanted him to finish. But would it shock me if he finished as a quarterback one overall in twenty twenty one? Absolutely not. I would be way more surprised if he fell out of the top six fantasy quarterbacks this year. So Lamar Jackson at quarterback four, that's high, but I think that's a that's a value. I would draft him as high as quarterback two in this in this class. His his weekly ceiling, that's what I really look for in quarterbacks, uh his weekly ceiling is as high as anybody in the NFL. Lamar Jackson, what he did two years ago, now he's got a better supporting cast is wonderful now we're going to go in depth on Jalen Hurts Jalen Hurts the Philadelphia Eagles currently going off the board as the quarterback eight and that is the highest ADP I've seen in all of the land I've seen him in quarterback 10 and quarterback 11 12 range and this feels exactly like Lamar Jackson's sophomore year where we have a small sample from the year prior and all we want to do is zone in on how bad he was as a passer But the rushing was there, and it's so obvious that the fantasy points are going to attach itself to the rushing ability. People are thinking way too hard about this, and I cannot stop drafting Jalen Hurts in underdog drafts. He is. He is. We'll get into the exposure a little bit later. But at the end of the day, man, fuck what you heard about the Philadelphia Eagles looking at other quarterbacks in the draft or in the fucking offseason. They literally let Carson Wentz go. Rather than keeping Carson Wentz and having him as competition for Jalen Hurts, they literally let him go and are eating they're eating a monster dead cat pit to do that like they could have eaten the dead cat pit and kept him what is the what is the downside of keeping him there I mean at this point I I get it. it's a fractured relationship but this is the NFL grow the fuck up grow up let him be competition they said fuck it we're gonna let Jalen Hurts completely take the reins here they did not draft a quarterback and it's completely his quarterback room Jalen Hurts to operate and when you look at what he did at the end of last year the four games he played in 19.3 fantasy points fantasy points, 18.6 fantasy points, and then through three quarters, he had 16.3 in week 17, and Doug Peterson um, did some unexplainable shit, put Nate Sudfeld in for the last quarter. And uh, pretty sure Jalen Hurts would have scored upwards of like 22 to 24 fantasy points in that game. Regardless, uh, he, he threw for more than 350, 335 yards in two of the three games that he played the full game. in. in those four games, more importantly, in those four games that he played in at the end of the year that he started, in, he had 46 rush attempts. Okay. 46 rush attempts in four games. You pace that out to a full 16 game season. Okay. We're not doing 17 game stats because I don't even, my brain won't fucking work that way. Pace that out to a full 16 games. That is 184 rush attempts. That would be the highest single season rushing carry total for a quarterback ever. I should like stop right there. I should stop right there with Jalen Hurts. I'm not going to, but you don't, you don't need to know much more. Then that's what he's bringing to the table. Like I don't, I don't think people realize that Jalen Hurts is a very real opportunity to be the third quarterback ever to rush for a thousand yards. Right, Michael Vick did it, Lamar Jackson's now done it, and Jalen Hurts could very, 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 very well be the third quarterback ever to rush for one thousand yards. I think he. I mean, with seventeen games, he should. You should be able to get it. And I'm not going to pretend here that the that the receiving group is drastically improved, okay? But I do think they now give him a, a legit alpha, they, a, a legit wide receiver one to work with, a downfield threat in Devonta Smith. So now Jalen Rager can slide over to the wide receiver two role, the slot role that he should have been playing to begin with, but was forced not to because of the rest of the receiving group there, which was terrible. And they've got her coming into hopefully his prime. I don't know where Ertz is going to be. Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and bullshit about the receiving group being top notch, but they are also in a division where pretty weak division and they're being scoring a lot of fucking points. Philadelphia's defense is bad, which means they're going to have to score a lot of points. They're going to play Dallas twice. They're going to score a lot of points. The Giants defense much improved, but I think they're going to have to score a lot of points as well. They're going to be a pretty good underrated offense. The other big thing, the other big thing is the offensive line, man. Like the entire line was hurt last year. You look at Brandon Brooks, Andre Dillard, Lane Johnson, Jason Peters, Isaac Samalo—I Sim- don't know the fuck to say his name—but he was important. Like it was actually, it was actually insane. All right, all the offensive line was hurt, and y'all shit on me for for Miles Sanders last year. But listen, in an alternate, in an alternate just universe, Miles Sanders was Barry Sanders last year. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Hurts. Hurts is by far and away my most owned player in underdog fantasy this year. By far and away, I'm not talking about just quarterbacks. You could see all of the positions are highlighted. I own him in 75% of the drafts, and I have about 10 slow drafts going right now. And I think I've drafted him in at least eight of the 10. I am drafting him everywhere. He started the offseason as like a ninth-round pick. He's moved up to an eighth-round pick. I, I continue to draft him at like the 6, 11 7'. He's going to be a difference maker in one quarterback leagues. He really is where he's getting picked. 1,000 rushing yards, very much in the range of outcomes. He could wind up being a bottom 10 passer this year in the league. I don't think he will be, but it could happen. And I'd still be completely confident that he finishes at his ADP of around quarterback 10 or higher. It, it seems like an investment with almost no downside. So Jalen Hurts for this one-year run, this is not Dynasty. This is for season long. This one-year sprint for Jalen Hurts and his rushing statistics is all you need to know. So draft the fuck out of Jalen Hurts and draft him on underdog fantasy. If you're not doing best ball drafts yet, I'm letting you know right now it's a single best way to prepare for your fantasy season because you get to see the trends as the summer progresses, okay? And best ball drafts, you pay money to draft in them, but you don't make any in-season moves. You deposit 10 bucks, underdog is gonna give you $25 on top of that, completely free to draft with when you use the promo code BDGE when you deposit, which means you could do literally 11, 11 $3 best ball drafts over the course of the next two months and be absolutely set for your fantasy season, okay? Know exactly where people are going, where all the movements have occurred, where the soft spots and the zones are. Three times 11 is 33. $2 left over. Get yourself two fucking McDoubles. Unbelievable. Unbelievable the deals that I pull out for you. Not only not only do you get prepped for your fantasy drafts, you get $25 on top of it, but you get a fucking McDouble. What other fantasy channel gets you McDoubles in their promo codes? Nobody. Nobody. Underdogfantasy.com will be linked. It'll be first link in the description. Okay, go click it. Go download it. Google iOS. I don't give a shit what kind of phone you got. The last guy, the last guy, man, they may not the last guy. Okay. But the last big guy on this list, and y'all are going to fucking hate me for this. And I hate myself for this, but it's Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. He's currently going off the board as a quarterback, 23, 20, the the Michael Jordan quarterback, and you're not going to draft him. What are we doing here? What are we doing? Daniel Jones, baby snacks. I know you're fucking rock hard right now. The fact that I just said his name, he's going to be the most attainable, my probably most highly owned, like attainable quarterback, quarterback 23 right now. The case is simple for me. Every quarterback in the league from quarterback like 12 to 25 is basically the same player when it comes to fantasy football. The difference between them is their supporting cast and their rushing ability. Those are the two things that matter if you're not an elite passer or you're not a absolute shite passer. It is supporting cast, and rushing ability. And I wish, I wish Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith fell to the New York Giants in the first round, cause this would be fucking wheels up. And I also wish I could say that Kadarius Toney was a nice consolation prize, but but Saquon's gonna be back. They signed Kenny Galladay. That's huge for Daniel Jones, okay? When you have an inaccurate quarterback like Daniel Jones, having a contested catch guy like Kenny Galladay is massive on like third downs in uncomfortable positions, things like that, man. Like DJ, this is a huge get for him. Kenny Galladay was a huge, huge get for the progression of Daniel Jones. And going back to the NFC East argument I just made with Jalen Hurts, he gets to play the NFC East, but he gets to play Philly and Dallas four times, okay? Four times. He gets to play Atlanta, Carolina, Kansas City, Las Vegas, and depending on when you're in your fantasy playoffs. I'm actually curious. What are you guys doing this year for fantasy playoffs? I'm assuming everyone's going to move their playoffs just back to the normal week. If you were like a 15-16, move it back to 16-17. If you were a four-week playoff, then I guess you would just do 14-15, 16-17. Setting up a dynasty league right now, we're going over rules, I'm trying to figure out what would be best for fantasy playoffs. I, I guess everyone just moves it back because now there's the 18 weeks in the season. Um, drop that comment down below. Let me know what you guys are doing, if you're doing anything weird for it. If uh, if you keep your playoffs at week 15, 16, Daniel Jones' matchups are Dallas and Philadelphia. Like I don't know if you could find a better matchup there. Dallas Philadelphia week 15, 16, and you get to avoid their second matchup against Washington, right? Washington's obviously a very legit defense. You don't want that. They play them in week 18. So no matter what you're doing with your fantasy playoffs, doesn't matter. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Schedule is beautiful. Weapons upgrade. I reached out to Snacks. Y'all know Snacks. Biggest diehard New York Giants fan probably on planet Earth. So I'm looking at some in-depth numbers. I'm looking at PFF, and I, I texted him. I said, listen, I texted the FTP group chat. Said the Giants were ranked dead last in pass blocking by PFF last year. Why the fuck were they so bad? Why are they going to be better this year? Is Daniel Jones going to be disastrous again? Okay. I like to get even though Snacks is insane. I like to get all angles and viewpoints before I put things on camera and I put them on the record for you guys so that I just I just give you the big facts. Okay. And nothing Snacks said is of really a fact here. But listen, they're they're snacks is, snacks is crazy. But when you know him for a long time, you know what to consider crazy and fandom and bias and what to consider what to consider actual intel. And he says, okay, I'm gonna read this for you. So you can skip like the next 30 seconds if you want to, but this is his text message. Okay, so last year they had a guy playing center for the first time in his life, and he was our best lineman. Andrew Thomas, who was their early first round pick last year, was hurt for the first eight weeks and was below average, but the second half of the year was very good. Cam Fleming, the right tackle, was an abomination. Matt Pert. Coming into his second year has a lot of potential. The guards were shuffled so much last year with a a midseason coaching change that no one really could get any chemistry. The new O-line coach they hire got rave reviews. They barely had an offseason last year to learn a new system. I truly believe with a full year under their belts, great coaching, and in the second year, the system line will be much improved. With Daniel, no one's more fed up with him than I am, but his number one receiver last year was who? I don't even know. They all sucked. It's make or break for him, and I think with the weapons they brought in, plus Saquon back, he... He just taken – he just taken – okay, Snacks. The number one quarterback in deep ball accuracy last year, so the potential is there. He just needs some help. I think he has a good year, and I'm excited for his potential in the 21 season. 2021 season. If I'm wrong, I'll probably kill myself. (laughs) Okay, so – a lot to unpack there. That's 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 the reason I like to talk to actual fans of teams because, like, I would never go through the uh, the torture of figuring out what happened with the offensive line in New York last. I thought they were going to take a step up last year. They were horrible. Like I said, thirty second in pass blocking per PFF. They can't get worse. That's the good news. They can't get fucking worse, right? And he's not wrong about the deep balls actually. All right, he's a little bit wrong. He's a little bit wrong, but he's close. When you look at the actual in-depth, the numbers, the advanced analytics and things like that, number three in deep ball completion rate among quarterbacks last year with 30 or more deep ball attempts. Third highest passing grade on deep balls per PFF at the quarterback position. Number two in big-time throws or big-time throw rate behind only Aaron Rodgers. Big-time throws are like money, uh, throws on the money deep down the field. So Jones is very good down down the field. And player profiler, uh, number seven in deep ball accuracy. So... Daniel Jones has some uh, some positive things to point to. We could talk about the elephant in the room. He's kind of horrible on short and intermediate throws. For some reason, good downfield. And we could talk about the Giants. No pun intended, elephant in the room. The guy uh, basically sticks his hand in fucking canola oil before he runs out onto the field. And by that, I mean, I have I've, I don't know if we've ever seen someone turn the ball over more than him. 17 fumbles lost since 2019. That is by far and away the most among the quarterback position. The next highest quarterback had eleven. He had seventeen. That's just fumbles lost. He's probably fumbled like forty fucking times. You add twenty two interceptions on top of that, and you're looking at uh, you're looking at a a chart of Snacks's uh, blood pressure that is very, very, very high, uh, along with the rest of New York Giants fans. Okay, is he going to make a job? I've heard a lot of the Josh Allen jump comparisons. Listen, like, calm the fuck down. Is he going to be a Josh Allen type jump in year three? No. Josh Allen had already made a jump in year two, and people, like, refused to believe it. If you look at his statistics from year one to year two, year two wasn't great statistically, but the jump he made from year one to year two was very fucking visible when you just opened your eyes. And then year three was the real breakout year, okay? Daniel Jones semi-regressed last year statistically, but again, like, the offensive line, worst pass-blocking line in the uh, the NFL, lost Saquon. His number one was legitimately, like, Sterling Shepard. Golden Tate was, like, fighting everybody in the locker room. Darius Slayton, like it was horrible. So the upgrades at weapons and getting Saquon back is going to be absolutely huge. And for the price of quarterback 23 again, supporting cast, rushing ability, he will give you weeks of 25 plus fantasy points, okay? So that's all I got to say about Daniel Jones. We can move to the honorable mentions. Honorable mentions, Tua Tagovailoa, Miami Dolphins. Current ADP. He's actually a lot higher in ADP than I thought he would be. Quarterback 18. Thought he was going to be thought he was going to be below like he's ahead of Kirk Baker uh, Fitz, Carson Wentz, which I think is probably the correct tier, maybe even a little bit spicy. Uh, I, I figured last year's performance would have kind of killed his ADP uh, on most of the other sites I've seen, like Sleeper and Fantasy Pros or whatever. He's a like quarterback 20 to 22, which makes a little bit sense. And I think he's an absolute buy there. But the uh, uh, but the additions that they made him in, in this Miami offense this offseason are serious, man. Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle. now he can pair them with Mike Siki, Devontae Parker, Preston Williams. Like, they're doing everything they can to make sure that Tua succeeds. And when you actually look at, like, his perth, I know last year was an absolute abomination. It was an awful rookie year, which led to all the reports and rumors this offseason about how he should be replaced and all this, all yada, yada, yada. When you look on it, on, like, a per throw, a per-game efficiency number, basis like Tua wasn't really that bad we had a small sample size his accuracy this is all per player profiler you can see this absolutely free Playerprofiler.com, type his name in accuracy rating overall number two pressured completion percentage number 10 catchable pass rate number three like he was he was fine and when you watched him everything looked horrible i understand that and every every throw seemed like it was like four yards down the field but that's what's going to happen when you don't have any downfield threats right and they added Jalen waddle and they added will fuller for that exact reason to make sure that doesn't happen again and turn that into a strength like Tua was very Tua was a great deep ball thrower back at Alabama. He was a great deep passer in Alabama. There's no reason why he can't get back to that form, okay? So, I really like Tua to 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 shut some fucking mouths in 2021. I'm definitely willing to throw out last year, really weird year in and out with Fitz, uh admitting that he didn't know the playbook was weird, but like whatever. It, you know, it's his job now and it's it's gonna be hard to see him fail this year. This is just an exciting team, an exciting offense that's on the on the up and up, as is Mr. Trey Lance. He's quarterback, this is what I was talking about. He's quarterback like 14 right now in underdog, which won't be the case for anywhere else because in underdog, you don't actually have to choose when to start him or not. As soon as he goes in at week four, week eight, week 10, you're getting all the points from him regardless. He has unreal upside, obviously. Everyone knows Trey Lance is uh, a phenomenal runner. He's going into a phenomenal offense, phenomenal situation, coach, scheme, the weapons are real. Once he goes in, it's lights out. It's lights out. And he's exactly who you draft to one quarterback leagues as your second quarterback. He's exactly who you draft in super flex leagues as your third quarterback. Cause as soon as he gets on the field, he's in your starting lineup week in week out. No questions asked. Okay. Those are my five must own quarterbacks for 2021 fantasy football. If you enjoyed the video, make sure you subscribe to the channel. We'll be doing fantasy football breakdowns like this literally every day of the week. Different positions, different strategies, different types of content. Let me know down below who are your must-own quarterbacks for the year. Let me know what kind of content you want to see going forward. And smash that thumbs up. I love y'all. Subscribe, like it. We out here. Goodbye.